After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, turn the notifications on. Also, check out Off the Floor. You can find the description to our new Discord, $2.99 per month. Well worth it, particularly if you use to subscribe to our window. This has a lot more features, and it's a lot more interactive. Description right here on the podcast feed, also on the YouTube channel and at the top of Five Reasons Twitter. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. You get $20 to play. You can do the math here. Not only is this legal, but that $20, it goes a long way with us, actually. The NFL tournaments we do every week are 10 bucks. The NBA tournaments daily are 3 bucks. So make sure you're on there. BetterEdge.com. Use the code 5, that's number 5, RSN. Get $20 to play. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Yes. Uh. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like Bucket said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and Five Reasons Sports. i got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk, you can follow at Brady Hawk 305. Make sure to check out the episode that I did with Greg Sylvander. We got into five concerns as this road stretch ends and the Miami Heat now pivot to a home stretch starting Tuesday night against Dame Lillard and Milwaukee. But we're going to talk today about Nikola Jovic. And we knew at some point we were going to do this podcast because this is what happens with the Heat all the time. There is always one guy that the fan base wants the coach to play and the coach is not playing enough for their liking. And I feel like we've done this, not this particularly podcast, but since I've been covering this team all the way back in 1996, I feel like this has happened every year. And I can go back through Michael Beasley when he was a rookie or others all the way along the lines. 
And this is always the conversation, okay? The conversation is, why isn't this guy playing? And then the guy will play. Omer Yurtsevin was a good example of this, by the way, okay? The guy will play and will produce in some way, and then fans will say, see, that's why he should have been playing. And the Heat's counter to that is, well, that's why we took our time developing him until he was ready to play. And these two things are never going to completely align, so we're not going to solve this today. But we're going to have a, try to have a basketball conversation instead of an emotional conversation. I'm going to start here, though, with a little bit of context, and then I'm going to let Brady and Alex do most of the heavy lifting in this episode. I talked to Nico Nikolajovic yesterday in the locker room prior to the game. There's a little bit more access on the road. It's why I'm trying to get on the road more often. And we had a casual conversation about how he's doing and his role. And I can tell you, he made no grand declarations to me, no demands, nothing like that. We talked about the difficulty of playing the five, that for him, there is a difference between playing the four and playing the five. And we'll get into that from a basketball perspective as we go forward here. He's not comfortable playing the five. It's clear. And I knew that before I spoke to him. And Jimmy Butler coming out in a video and saying he's not a five was a pretty good indication of that after he went to go visit Nico when he was playing with Sioux Falls in Wisconsin. That's the first part of this. And obviously, every player wants to play more, particularly if you're coming off a summer like he had, where he performed well in summer league and then performed extremely well in most of the games in the World Cup with his national team against pretty high-level competition. So I think there was an expectation by him, particularly after he put on the weight that he did, got in the conditioning program and all that stuff, that there would be more opportunity for him this year and particularly more opportunity at his preferred position. Now, I'm speaking uh, about this at the beginning because there was also a report afterwards because I didn't I didn't write about any of this. I didn't even get the podcast last night. Okay. So as we're recording this on Sunday night, that's sat Friday and Saturday. I wasn't on the podcast. So I didn't report any of this. But then today, Sunday, there was aggregate the aggregated report from a Serbian reporter who I actually saw in the locker room waiting on Jovic after he played in the game against the Nets. And by the way, was the 10th man in out of 10 possible available players. So perhaps this was on Jovic's mind already because he and I had had a conversation before the game. And then again, he didn't maybe play as soon or as much as maybe he might have preferred during the game. The comments made to the Serbian reporter, which are translated, are more strident than anything he said to me. Okay. And I'm going to stay away from those particular comments for a couple of reasons. One is I wasn't there. I saw him talking to the reporter. The reporter was waiting on him. It was clearly someone that he might have known. Okay. But the other part of it is once this stuff gets into translation with other languages, and I saw this happen over and over with Goran Dragic, for example, it always comes out worse. First thing, the guys are more comfortable typically speaking in their, in their regular language. They're more casual about it. And sometimes they don't think that the stuff's going to get back to anybody or is going to be translated. So, again, unless it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation that I'm having with a person, particularly a player who's more comfortable in another language, I'm not going to get into that. I'm simply going to get into what he said to me, and my perception of the situation is he wants to play more, he thinks he can help, and he doesn't want to play the five. <laughs> okay? that That's, you know, but if the team needs him to, he'll play where he'll fit in wherever he fits in. He's not demanding anything or trade or anything like that. So again, I just want to say that at the top teammates like him organization likes him. There's no 
grand negativity here from anything, and I'm not going to get into that particular reporting. Let me go to you two guys on this. Does the position matter, Alex? Before we get into the playing time and all that, does the position matter? Here we go. You're lobbing me up, and it might take me a while. It might take me a couple of minutes, but I'm going to do my best to finish this because I think this is a it's a it's a tough question. I know I call everything a tough question. Uh, it's a good stalling tactic by me overall, but I do think this one really is because like positions in the NBA has obviously like um, been a hot topic ever since, you know, the pace and space era has started and the way that it's progressed, you know, to a drastic rate over the years where every team has to have the floor spaced out at all times. Everybody. You know, it's a copycat league, like guys always say. And in general, I just think the positions have moved one, right? Uh, they, they've moved up one or down one, whatever the right, uh, the appropriate word here is. And I think with Jovic, it's like, I think ideally, um, based on his skill set offensively, it seems like he would be best used as a wing. The problem is, I don't think we're in that NBA anymore. And I think when you look at the defense, and I think that is always the number one thing with the Heat. This probably tells you how they feel about his defense. I might be wrong here. I may be way off. It could be more than that. But I think if they're trying to pretty pretty much play him as a five, if it isn't next to Bam, which that's where it feels like it's like, that's kind of what Kevin Love is doing, right? Like Kevin Love wasn't playing four next to a Thomas Bryant, wasn't playing four next to an Orlando Robinson, at least when the team is healthy. Maybe... There, there might have been a handpicked situation here or there where that might have happened. I'm not even sure if it has. But in general, when the team is healthy, I think that is kind of the role. And I think Jovic, it seems like Spo is trying to kind of groom him for that role. Because I, I think we've seen him uh, be willing to play Jovic next to another big. Most times it's been Bam. And it's a, a couple of other times it's been their other backup fives. But I don't think he likes it. I think Spo doesn't like playing two guys who he considers to be slow-footed. And I'm not saying Jovic is as slow-footed as Thomas Bryant or even Orlando Robinson. What I'm saying is it's this seems to kind of um, show that he's somewhat of a tweener at this moment in this stage in the NBA as far as what is the right position for him. Now, to me, my opinion, I think they can work him out in that role. But I, I could completely understand for him Oh, it's a tough transition for him because when you've looked at a lot of the Heat's backup fives in the past, like um, when it comes to Orlando or Thomas, Deadman, even O'Mare, like all of those guys, if you ask them, they think they can shoot the ball. And like we've seen them make it in warmups or in practice, and we know that they are able to shoot the ball, but essentially the Heat don't trust it enough for it to be like a consistent weapon or to be, you know, a pick and pop. I think outside of like Love and, and Olenek, they pretty much throw, you know, um, I think they, they restrict what a guy can do as far as their backup fives. They try to, they kind of just put them in the box as far as being a, a pick and roll big, you know, just ask them to do what, you know, whatever coverage it is that they're asking them to do, whether it's a blitz or a zone or whatever. And then basically it's just like stick to those core things, right? Make, you know, be the best you can in that role. Essentially don't do too much and just be a decent backup five. And that's where I think it gets a little weird for Jovic because Jovic doesn't necessarily fit into that box. So although I can completely understand why Spo might see him as a five when it when he isn't next to Bam, that's probably why he isn't playing right now because he isn't really ready to play 
backup five. I think he can get the minutes here and there, and I and I would like him to see him getting minutes at both positions throughout the season when guys are out more even more than what we've seen. But it's a really tough conversation. Like I don't think it's an easy answer. Um, but I also don't think it's this thing where like, oh, he should be a two or a three, and he need, they need to give him the ball all the time. Like he needs to make it worth their while to be giving him the ball all the time. And I think so far what they're seeing is like you need to find a way to make that stuff show out in this role we're giving you. So that's a tough transition for Jovic to play, I think. And it's not, it's obviously not his natural position on the defensive end to be kind of the rim protector or the anchor of the defense as opposed to just one of the other cogs. Um, so yeah, it's a tough transition for him, but I see why Spo would have this problem. And we kind of talked about this like throughout the summer when we were projecting the rotation, when we were doing the, oh, if nothing happens, um, podcast when, when nothing ended up happening that we're kind of in this situation now it's like what is Jovic is that why they asked him to um to get stronger because they're they're grooming his they're grooming him as a five and then we saw him play some at the four so it's like oh no they think of him more as a four it seems to be kind of up in the air and right now and my best guess is like I said earlier is they're trying to groom him for that love role we're like we'll play you next to Bam other than that um figure out how to do what you do you know show off that skill in this backup fire role we're putting you in. Well, Brady, I, when I look at what he did last night, again, as we're speaking on Sunday, he looked at his best getting the ball off the rim and pushing. Like the, the highlight is the pass to, to, to Jaime on the break that they finished together. And so he fans see that and they're like, well, we don't really have a lot of depth at the point guard position right now. And maybe, you know, <laughs> offensively that Jaime is kind of could be a point forward type because again, we could use another player like that. Um, it comes down a lot of times to what position you are, what you defend, right? Like, and, and I think Alex has hit on it that as I'm watching him defensively that, and especially the fouls that he was picking up, he's, he's not earning the respect of the officials at this point. And when you don't earn the respect of the officials, you don't earn the respect of the coaching staff the heat coaching staff to be out there defensively. How does he manage this situation? How do they manage him? Well, it's tough, you know, having the four or five conversation. Well, we didn't even get to see him defend whatever position because he was in the bottom of a zone where we know that's not his strength, no matter what, like to be able to kind of cover that much ground, be a rim protector, uh, cover up for the mishaps of a Cole Swider on the bottom box. Like, now you're asking a lot of them. It's not only worrying about yourself individually, but also other people defensively. So that's number one. We didn't really get to see that type of sample size. Um, talking about going back to what Alex was talking about with the four or five thing. I think partly the reason that they're trying to play him at the five is because Spo is sitting there looking at this roster and kind of seeing, we have a ton of wings. We have enough wings. We don't really have a spot to play him in. So if need be on a night, we'll stick him in behind Bam. Like that's kind of where they are. I feel like right now that he's just not a wing in their eyes. So then you bump him up to your point where you say, well, can he play point guard? Because that's what it feels like is his natural. I don't want to say natural position, but his natural offensive position, like his natural uh, ability to in the half court in on the break to kind of set things up. I think back to anything that he's ever done in, in preseason summer league, anything I've always come back and say, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. He just does. He needs the ball in his hands to kind of make plays, use his playmaking, 
set things up. Even as a scorer, it feels like his naturally, if he's kind of rolling downhill, that's his game. Once you put him off ball and kind of turn into a spot of shooter, that's never really been his, his strong suit. So ideally, being in that point guard position, kind of setting things up is kind of his thing. But here's the thing. When he's played the five, he has not played the same role as a Bam at the five. Like I've watched it, and it goes back to what Alex was saying, is because he is kind of put in the same box as a lot of, every, of the other backup bigs where he is screening and rolling, which is, I just don't think he, he's been a guy his entire life that's received the screens. He's not been the guy that's setting the screens and rolling to the basket. So it's an adjustment period. It is. It's a totally different game. And it's not just because it's the four and the five. It's because the four and the five do totally two totally different things in the Heat's offense. It's just the four does the same thing as the two in the Heat's offense. And the five is the one that that does the different things, that, that has limitations to his game and has to play from certain spots and has to kind of continually be that facilitating off-ball player. So I think it kind of puts handcuffs on him sometimes. And, and the issue is we haven't really seen – high volume or, or a, a large sample size, no matter what with him. And I feel like that's the big thing here. It's like, we can have this conversation of what it could look like at the five or what it could look like at the one or what it could look like at the four. The thing is, it's just like, I've kind of been a proponent of let him live through those mistakes, especially, okay, we can have the conversation. They just were, they just went nine and one over 10 games. So like throwing him in the mix during that, like, no, they, they found their rhythm. They did that. But when you're playing the Brooklyn Nets, and with you out, you're without arguably five of your best players, maybe like, and he is the 10th guy entering and you're kind of mentioning the fact that his defensive ability is holding him back. They put in Cole Swider before him. Right. So if we're making that case, it's just, and Thomas it, Bryant started. Correct. And Thomas Bryant started. See, Brady, that, that's the thing guys that jumped out to me about it was they weren't expecting to win that game in Brooklyn. They weren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle and Kevin played because nobody else was playing. I mean, once once Bam, uh, you know, had the issue with the hip, I knew Jimmy wasn't going to play. I mean, the ankle, it was less than 24 hours. The players all knew it was 22 hours between games, okay, or whatever. Um, that game was a scheduled loss, all right? That was, they, they went all in on the Knicks game. They should have closed it out. They didn't, and I think that's why Spo was so frustrated after the game with their pace in the fourth quarter because he knew we had to get this one, okay? Then they go into Brooklyn, and you don't have Duncan, you don't have Tyler, you don't have Jimmy, you don't have Bam. And I think that is where Jovic could play through more mistakes. But you mentioned something else, and on the other side of this, I want to get to a philosophical question. So, Alex, I'm giving you time to think about this one, both of you, which is the idea of Jovic being better, fitting better with their better players than when some of their players are out. So I wanted you guys to think about that because I I understand – the idea of not throwing him in when the team is winning. And I will say this, Jovic said that to me. That's why I think that some of this got lost in translation with the Serbian reporter, because, or at least the way it was translated, probably <laughs> he said it the right way, but the way it was translated, he said to me, I can't really complain. He literally said this word for it. I can't really complain because the team's playing well. I wouldn't change anything either. He literally said that to me. So for those who are reacting to the quotes that they saw, that's what he said. And and I think that this is the issue. They have like five wings that, that Spo will all throw at the four. So, but the other thing, the one thing I do think that the Heat need to take a look at based on my conversation with him is I said to him, so when you're in Sioux Falls, are they having you run, pick, and roll? And they say, no, they don't have a five. 
because Orlando wasn't down there. They sent Orlando Robinson down, and they almost recalled him. I asked Spo about that, but they thought Bam might play Saturday, so they didn't, and, and Sioux Falls wasn't playing close to them the way it was when they were in Chicago and Sioux Falls was in Milwaukee. But he said they don't have a five, so they're using me at the five. Here's the thing about that, okay? That's the part I don't agree with. You don't cater to what Sioux Falls needs. I mean, they know better than that, right? Like, I, I mean, to me, it, it reminds me, like, when Josh Richardson was a rookie, okay, they brought him up, second-round pick, okay? He was way ahead of where they – in camp, we could see it. This was an NBA player. You don't usually get NBA players in the second round, okay, that look like they can play as rookies on a good team. That was the 15-16 team that had Dragic, that had Bosch, that had – that had Dwayne, okay? And Justice was playing right away. And Josh didn't play right away, but then they brought him in and he had that really good month where he shot the, the you know, the leather off the ball, right, in March or whatever it was. I used to see him at the airport all the time taking connecting flights to Sioux Falls where they were sending him down to run 200 pick and rolls to teach him how to play the point guard position. Because that's what they should be doing with Jokic. Not, not, or whatever. Not having him play the five because they don't have a five. Like he said to me, I would play the four there if, if O'Rob was there. That, that seems to me, that part seems backwards, honestly. And, and they, they're better at development than anybody in the league. They know what they're doing. Okay. But if you're sending him to Sioux Falls, get him reps at the things that, right, that you're trying to bring out. I mm -hmm. mean, how, Get to the other philosophical question, Alex. What do you think about that? Because that struck me. I was like, Sufi. Oh, I thought you were. I, I thought we were leading into a commercial break there, but I'll answer right now. Um, it's interesting, man. And Orlando is one of those guys who I think like is maybe like the the line on whether or not Spo would play Jovic with him, because because we've seen it before. And although some may disagree, including some on our network, I do think Orlando is a little bit more athletic and moves a little bit better than, than Thomas Bryant. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's one thing, but the Yovich thing is really interesting to me and in how you're, you're framing the, the, the development part of it with the heat, because I almost kind of see it both ways, right? Cause I can understand why the heat are trying to, I think it's the same thing that you're saying that the heat did with Josh, where it's like, you're trying to get him to learn these new skills to be able to do it at a somewhat decent level in the NBA. And I think they're doing the same thing for Jovic, except with the five stuff. It's like, okay, we need you to learn this stuff too. And to me, I think the key for them is striking the balance for how to show off the stuff that made him a first-round pick while also like playing in this hybrid role he's never played at before. Because I don't think they should just put him in a box with like, like some of the other centers I mentioned before. I think they should try to mold him, which to some degree positionally I feel like they are, but skill set wise i feel like they should try to mold him with like what they did with kelly and, and what they're doing somewhat with kevin love in the sense that you can play make you can make plays as a five and i think it was even more dynamic with kelly because he was just so much better um you know making plays out of a handoff than i think what kevin love is at this stage you know kevin's been great for them but as far as that aspect i really think of kelly because he could really make things happen. He was a he was a pretty consistent facilitator uh, facilitator for them out of the handoff, um, as a backup five, and even as a starting four. I, I thought it was a really nice fit with Bam, and I think that's some of the ways that you can show off like the playmaking skills for him because, like Brady said, he is he is so much like prefers being the pick and roll ball handler 
than the screener. And so, you know, I think, like, I see it both ways. Again, I think he should be able to learn to be a five because, you know, he might not want to hear it, but that may end up being just his NBA position. If that's what other, um, you know, if he's not, if, whether it's here or or somewhere else, like that might end up just being where he's put at because of the whole thing with like, well, who is it best for you to defend? Or maybe you're just a, twe- a tweener four or five for the rest of your career. You're going to have to learn those five skills if you're a tweener four or five, right? Even if that isn't your main position. So I, I see it both ways. Like I said, I think he should learn that stuff, but also mold him in, into a place where you can really see what he's doing. Cause it's like, he, he can't just be a screener. He can't just be a screener, whether it's rolling or popping or a little bit of both. Like he, he can do some of that every now and then I don't mind him being that guy occasionally, but to really like, if you're going to be playing him, you have to bring out his skills. And then that also gets into a question of like, is he good enough to be almost like trying to do those things? I'm not, I'm, that's just my opinion where it comes to like, if you're if you're playing him and taking those risks and those cons, whatever you perceive them to be with him, defense or what position it is, I want to see the strengths. I want to see kind of like the formula for why you were drafted in the first round. What can you do? And I think they're going to have to find a way to make that stuff show out other than, you know, in that role they're trying to put him in, other than just being like a pick and pop stretch big, because I think he's more than that. You got to find a way to kind of balance all that stuff out. And I honestly like, it's not there yet. It's not. I think they're still kind of in the midst of that. I mean, he's really young. He's only 20 years old. How do you figure that out right now while you're trying to win? And and do you figure it out before he becomes the piece that's moved somewhere else, which we'll talk about uh, in a second. And there's also the contrast uh, with Jaime, which uh, is something else which I think has affected Jovic, but not in the way that everybody thinks necessarily. Um, after the break, though, we're going to get to that philosophical question. But first, there's no philosophical question about where to get your grooming. Right, Alex? Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But, fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season, introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. We shouldn't be talking about New York. So go to manscaped.com. It's not even New York. It's New Jersey. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, so let me ask you the philosophical question here, Brady, because this is a team that's trying to win now, okay? They are also trying to work certain guys back in. Like I thought as important, I said this on the podcast with Greg, to me, the most important thing that came out of the game uh, Saturday night was getting Caleb reps again in places where he's comfortable because they need to figure out what's going on with him and whether or not he gets it back this season, either to help them or perhaps if they end up moving him before the deadline, if they're not going to resign him, like they need to see what he looks like with Jaime. They need to look see what he looks like with Josh, et cetera. Uh, I thought that was important. That was, to me, that was the important thing that came out of the Nets game, even though Jovic became the conversation. Can you make an argument, though, that Jovic will look better with better players? Like if he's out there with everybody talks about the perfect four next to Bam. We know that Spo wants to play a Highsmith type or a Caleb type next to Bam. But let's say you have lineups. He's experimented with some of these lineups before. Like if you have Jimmy and you've got Bam and you've got Tyler out there with Jovic, okay? Or maybe it's Duncan instead of Tyler. Uh, maybe with Lowry at the point, maybe without Lowry at the point, maybe Caleb's out there, maybe Jaime's out there. Do you think that Jovic would look better in that situation or sort of what we saw last night, which was, I mean, again, Thomas Bryant, I mean, he didn't play with Thomas Bryant, but, but Cole Swider minutes, Jamal Mm -hmm. Kane minutes, et cetera. So I'll say in your scenario, it may be better on his part because he can actually play the position that we keep talking about to start this episode, which is the four. Uh, and I quickly wanted to say, because I'm glad you mentioned it before, it's not a coincidence that after Jimmy goes to watch him in the G League, he comes back and starts in his post-game interview and starts screaming that that he's not a five, man. you got to stop playing him at, a five, at the five down in the G League. Like, that is something that, you know, is not just Jimmy being a great evaluator of talent. That's something that's obviously coming back to him and he's hearing from the source. So I just wanted to say that too. But I do lean actually in the direction of him benefiting from lineups without the main players, actually. And that may sound weird, but the reason I say that, and it's something I keep saying over and over, is he needs the ball in his hands to be most effective, I believe. Like when you're putting him out there with the best players, he's going to be used more as a spot-up guy. And another thing that I always have talked about with Nikola Jovic is I don't think it's solely the defense that's keeping him off the floor. I just really don't. I think they've they've found ways to get around that a lot of the time, and it's not because he's, you know, they don't know if he's a four or five. They've worked around that too before. It's kind of, to me, seems to be the jumper where they just don't know where it is right now. They don't know how consistent it can be. And if he leans on it too much, then he starts maybe pressing a little too much. And then obviously that can lead down a bad hole. So I think he benefits more when he's playing in those lineups like last night, which is why it was a surprise to me that he he almost got a coach's DNP in that first half for a second before he got thrown in the mix. And they were like, okay, let's just see what the 10th guy can do. But he plays better when he can get the ball and make plays on the break like he did to Jaime, that when he can run the offense at the top of the key and, and kind of hit players over the top and pull the, the big man up to the three-point line like Bam does very similarly uh, and just run offense that way and move downhill and all of that stuff. Like once he starts being put in an offensive box where it's more so about the other stuff, and of course, he's never going to have the ball in his hands the whole time. Everybody's going to have to learn the ability to play off ball. And it's not that he can't play off ball. It's just that I've seen 
these scenarios where it feels like he can get lost within the offense because there's not plays being run for him. And that's a conversation we've talked about with guys like Bam, even when they don't have plays being run for them. But so when you're Nikola Jovic, that's 20 years old and in his second year, you're not going to have that luxury, it feels like, at this stage. So I feel like it's more so about kind of finding a balance and figuring it out on the uh, on the go. And now that get back, gets back to the earlier point, Ethan, where it's like he hasn't had the opportunities to figure that stuff out. Like as much as we could say, well, he hasn't done it, well, he, he really hasn't been given opportunity. We've seen it at times in summer league when he's been given the chance. We've seen it a little bit in preseason when he's given the chance. And then on a night when uh, they don't have anybody playing, we see a little bit of it. But obviously – that was not his greatest game either. So I think that's why there was probably a lot of frustration after that game where once I totally agree with you, I think a lot of the translating stuff probably got stuff context mixed up, but it's tough to say when there's a game where he's kind of all over the place offensively with some turnovers, doesn't seem to be in the right role, then walks in the locker room and gets asked about that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he probably had some stuff to get off his chest. Uh, so I do lean in that direction, but they just have so many guys in this team. And that's the thing we've said before the season about who's going to play. Where can they plug in? I kind of felt before that if Kevin Love, Kevin Love was kind of his minutes monitor, where if Kevin Love was out, he'd be the guy playing. But now you look around and I'm like, if Kevin Love doesn't play a game over the next few weeks, it's probably going to be Thomas Bryant's plugging into that backup center, even after the game he just had. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, and you could blame Spo or, or, or something along those lines, but it's just, it seems the way it's going to be. So it's always going to be a polarizing topic. I'm a fan of, of seeing him play just because of the talent and the upside. But it's also coming off. Of t- this is, a, by the way, the perfect timing on this episode because you could we could complain about Nikola Jovic after a two-game losing streak. We didn't have time to throw this in the mix and complain about it. Right. So this is the perfect time for this. So I just wanted to, to just give you credit. It's, it's probably my fault because I went to New York. By the way, I'm not even sure it would be <laughs> Thomas Bryant. It might be Orlando Robinson, actually. Uh, who mm-hmm. gets some of those minutes. I, I'll say this before I go to Alex for some stats here, um, is that, you know, the one thing I think that Heat fans would counter with on them not trusting his shot is they'll say, well, Haywood hasn't shot the ball particularly well lately. Caleb really hasn't found his shot yet. Josh really hasn't found his shot yet. I understand. It's I, I'm just trying to give you their perspective on it that if it's the shot, there are other things that Jovic can do that they can't do. There are also things that Highsmith can do that Jovic doesn't do that they need right now, right? And that's locking up point guards on the defensive end because they don't have a point guard who can do it. Some of this is is roster construction. I almost feel like if they had a different point guard who they were trusting to guard the point guard, then you don't necessarily need Highsmith and Martin to do that. And then maybe there's more minutes for Jovic at the four. But because of the way that this roster is, and there are pluses and minuses to it. That's kind of where they're at. You've got a couple of numbers, and then I want to get to a point on Jaime before we close. So just to – I was looking up some of the stats with with Jovic and how he's performed so far this season. Obviously, very small sample, so not to take anything away from this overall. I just thought some of these numbers were kind of interesting or it's like maybe not exactly what you would have thought after looking them up. So just a funny one here. Per 36 for Nikola Jovic, 11 points, 17 rebounds, and seven assists. <laughs> so that kind of plays into the idea of people just who really believe in him. Um, but more importantly than that, I think, is the fact that in the 45 minutes he's played this season, again, very little, so not trying to take away too much from this, they've won those minutes by a lot. They have a plus 11.84 net rating, which is very good. So again, 
That doesn't mean I think he should be a permanent rotation guy. I do want him to play, though. But, you know, they're winning those minutes. And then when you look at kind of um, the splits with and without Bam, because I thought that was kind of I, – I wanted to see what, what the numbers would be there, too. With Bam, plus 8.57 net rating. Without Bam, plus 13.85. So I thought that was kind of interesting because – well, you, you know where um, a lot you know, of everybody gets out. a bump playing with Bam, and it might be some of the the garbage time stuff. Yeah, but uh, but in general, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, because it's it's relevant to what we're talking about with the idea of him playing without Bam as a five. So they've mm-hmm. they've generally won all the minutes he's been on the floor so far this season. He's also shooting fifty percent from three. Not again, not that he's taken that many, but I'm I'm glad that he's felt like he's been a little bit more confident with the jumper when he's been out there. And just in general, another one that stood out to me while, while looking up some of the differences between him this season and last season and the little time he's played is last season, his assist percentage when he played for the Heat was 7.7%, which is not good. Not, you know, it doesn't really stand out in any way. This season, 24%. So he's very much like more aggressive when it comes to being a ball mover and always trying to make things happen. The downside of that is the turnover percentage is almost the same. It's about 23.5. So for the, it's a great assist percentage. The problem is that that ratio is not good. So I do think like there's still some rawness to his game where it's like you see the flashes, you see the playmaking flashes, you see the the attacking flashes, whether you talk about the transition stuff where it really stands out. And even in the half court, like I feel like he's pretty good about um deciding when to attack a closeout and what to do with it, what to do with the ball afterwards and like where to swing it if the shot is there. Like I see the the vision and blueprint for him. I feel like he's still got to put it together. And that's kind of what I feel like this all comes down to is that they're trying to win right now. And so trying to pigeonhole him into this roster when you're not even sure that he's figured out exactly how to stand out in his role. And you got all these other guys who it's like, you know what they're going to give you mostly on a night to night basis. That's, that's where it's really hard to find minutes for him, man. And I just think like the other place that I, I think he should be able to, um, try to make himself stand out a little bit is by getting to the rim a little bit more. It's obviously easier said than done, but with the added contact, like I think if he made, if he was a little bit more aggressive about trying to get to the rim, because just looking at the attempts per 75 at the rim for him, it's not that high. It's a lot lower than last season in the time he played. I just think it's, it's hard for him to figure out that balance because most of his shots are coming from three, like uh, the overwhelming majority of them are. And again, I don't think he's a natural stretch big. So all of this comes down to me saying the same things over and over again. They got to find a way to balance out his skill set and how to get the most out of him. And we, we're seeing the flashes. We're seeing the improvement. How do you figure that into what you're doing right now? A couple of things. I think one of the things about those numbers is that there was that fourth quarter against Milwaukee, which, again, they're playing against the Bucks now. Where I believe he was out there with Hero and Josh. I forgot who else was out there with that particular group. Uh, but they made that late run back in. So there's some noise in the numbers for sure. It's early in the season on this. I I just want to close with this thought though. Okay. Um, What they need right now for a team that is contending, but is also doing it while knowing that they're going to have guys in and out of the lineup, (laughs) because that's just what they are, is they need guys to just be able to fit in where they fit in. And that is why Jaime has stuck out in this situation because they put 
him in all kinds of different roles with all kinds of different players right now. They put the ball in his hands. They've had him play off ball. They've had him as a starter. They've had him off the bench. And he has literally excelled in some way. There's been some choppy moments lately, but he's excelled in some way in all of those situations. And this is the benefit of a 22-year-old rookie. And we've got to put this into perspective. He's two years older than Jovic. Like this idea, again, that Jovic was drafted before him, so he should be more advanced, and he was in the Heat system for a year. He lost most of the last year. He was hurt. He had the back injury. They put on weight with him uh, this summer. He didn't even play in most of the summer league games, even though a guy he played in some. Uh, he ended up playing, uh, obviously, with, with in the World Cup, which was a positive experience. But he's a less polished player I, you know, then a guy who was playing high level basketball for UCLA. And I, like, I talked to Jaime the other day in the locker room at, about Madison Square Garden because I'm thinking, has he ever played here? And he like looked at me like I was crazy because he has a certain arrogance to him. We've noticed this, but I think it's a positive thing. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I was here. We played Kentucky. I mean, you know, he played Kentucky, okay, with UCLA. He, and I looked it up afterwards. He didn't mention this. He scored 19 in that game and they won by 12. Like, he's been like, Jaime is just. He again, they could plug him in anywhere. And so Jovic has to kind of find his way. The other thing is Jaime plays a position where honestly they've kind of needed him because Josh was working his way in. Okay. Josh was, I know what you threw in there, Brady. I'm not going to get into it. Jo Josh was working his way in. Caleb obviously has had, you know, ups and downs here as he's kind of get confidence in his body back. Jimmy's going to sit some time. There's been, and then Tyler's out. And so with Tyler out, they needed another creator, somebody who could uh, make something happen in the fourth quarter. So Jaime plugs in there. I'll say this. They have not given up on Jovic. I know this, okay, long-term. But also, when I've spoken to people who say, what is the young core going forward? They know it's Bam, Tyler, and Jaime. They think it can be Jovic. That's the difference. And for him to go from no excuse me, think to know he's going to have to just deal with what's going on right now and find a way to get Spo's attention and to contribute because Hakez has already done that. Okay. And look, it benefits them. And I'll say one final thing to the fans who think that they're holding him back on purpose. Why would they do that? They invested a first round pick at him. <laughs> they scouted him heavily. They fell in love with him and whether he's playing for them or playing for someone else as a trade piece, it benefits them to draw the most that they possibly can out of him. So this is not some grand conspiracy to hold Nikola back. But right now, they haven't figured out how to put him in the best position to succeed, and he hasn't figured out a way to get their attention. And I think that's where it's at right now. All right, we went a little bit longer. I knew we were going to do this. I, I, what did I say, 20 to 25 minutes? 40 minutes, Brady. I have a guard set of screen for him. You'll be fine. Better edge, manscaped. Check those out. Uh, use the code 5RSN with both. Have a good nighter. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fivers and Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.